And I feel so mad. <laughs> this, this is my 4B. This, this is my 4B. Oh, you're such a cuck, man. You're the biggest cuck I've ever known. Oh, you're the worst. You're the worst. <laughs> I feel so mad. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! job this is asinine radio this is the weekly music podcast as jeff is choking on something i don't know what he's choking on but uh i'm gonna continue the intro <laughs> oh i thought i had a little extra time for that goldfish but <laughs> of all the things to choke on a fucking goldfish cracker boy child over here uh yeah so this is asinine radio my name is tyler way out there hundreds of miles away is jeff uh, while you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, give us five stars, please, on both of those apps, because you can do that separately on each of them. Uh, you know, all of our social media is at Asinine Radio. We have a website, even Asinine Radio. Asinine Radio. Yeah. Com. Uh, you know, Discord. We have a server on there. Let us know if you want the link. Join in. There's a bunch of people on there already. Hang out with us. Talk shit. And um, yeah, we also have a phone. Last thing here, we have a phone number. You can call, leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text. The phone number is 503-893-5307. So get into that. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for the boring intro. And I don't know if Jeff's dead or not, but you know, it's the way she no, goes. I'm here. So, oh, you're here. Okay. So what are we doing today, Jeff? Uh, we're doing boxcar racers, boxcar racers.
boxcar racer formed in 2001 in San Diego, California by Tom DeLonge on vocals and guitar and David Kennedy on guitar. The band put out only one album and it only went and they only went on one tour to support it. Uh, the album obviously is uh, Boxcar Racer, self-titled, and it was released uh, May 21st, 2002. And the album does feature Tom DeLonge on vocals and guitar, David Kennedy on guitar, and Travis Barker on the drums. Now, Jeff, what is your uh, what's your origin story with the Boxcar Racers? Go. Um, I don't know when when it when it came out. Really, I mean, being being uh, entranced in, in, in Blink. I I think just at the time I I don't I honestly don't remember, but I remember thinking this sounds a lot different than the Blink that I know and that I'm yeah. used to, and this is kind of weird. And then kind of finding out and, and realizing that it's uh, it's not Blink, it's is Tom DeLong. I am still upset about it that it's it's, uh, it's not there's, there's really no mark in here, and so I don't know. I've been I've been I've been butthurt ever since. But I don't remember the first time that I heard uh, Boxcar Racer or um, what's the, f- the first single was not There Is. It was, uh, it was a Feel So. Oh, yeah. Feel So Meod. I don't I don't remember. I really don't remember the last the first time I heard uh, Boxcar Racer. I remember the feeling of early days of listening to Boxcar and thinking, oh, Tom, I hate you. Where's Mark? That That's what I felt. <laughs> I do remember that feeling. <laughs> what a feeling to have. Too. Yeah. I still feel that way. You feel so. Huh. I feel so mad. <laughs> All right, my my uh, my origin story is much like you. It was because I was such a huge Blink fan, still am, and uh, I remember I remember the first time I heard "Feel So." I feel so was seeing the music video on MTV early, early in the morning, and that was I didn't really like it that much. I thought it was it sounded weird. Tom sounded weird. It just it didn't make sense to me. After hearing Enema of the State and Toy Page, and then also, I mean, obviously the first two records as well, but mostly the Toy Page and, and Enema, this just made no sense. None of it made any sense to me. I I was I I don't I don't want to say I didn't like it, but I just was very confused. It took me a few weeks to like get used to it, to get used to something different. And uh, but yeah, once I did, I, I got the CD and and I loved it. I, I mean, I, I listened to this CD like crazy. But yeah, at first I just I wasn't into it, not at all. But uh, yeah, that's my origin story. So with that, uh, it's kind of a short intro. But what do you got for your uh, for your initial thoughts on this record? And then do we have any stinkers? And then we're gonna get into our bangers. So what do you got, Jeff? Go. As as far as as uh, initial thoughts go, this is an album I go back to. Um, not as often as I would any other Blink album or Plus 44, but I do or go Angels. back to this. Um, mm-hmm. Besides Wooden Toe, I mean, I'll go back to this a hundred times to one, any album besides Wooden Toe. But, oh, God. The, come on, that's stupid. That's uh, to be, uh, Sorry, and life forms, <laughs> and life forms, and life forms, and life forms, and life forms. Thank you. At least say something nice. Come yeah. on. No, life one is good, um, but like initial thoughts is is I, there are some things in this album that I I liked more this week, and there are some things in this album that I liked a lot less this week. So I did find some new things to like and dislike about this album, and that was fun. That was exciting to kind of get into. I don't have mm-hmm. any stinkers, no. 
but um, I don't have any. I, they're not all bangers. And that's also a, uh-huh. a, a positive no. <laughs> uh, all a, right. Affirmative no there. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. All right. So my my initial thoughts. Uh, I I do like this I, record. I do go back to it. I I do go back to it often. And it wasn't until this week when I when I I kind of forgot how toy page sounding this record actually is, especially his guitar. I, I oh, never. Yeah. I, I totally forgot there are some songs I'm like, dude, this could have easily been one of the last songs on Toy Patch. Because, you know, the end of Toy Patch is a little bit heavier, less pop influenced. And some of, some of these songs, if not just parts, could easily have been on the record. And even parts of it, this song of this album could have been on some minor parts of the self-titled record. So th- this is a perfect, obviously, perfect bridge between the two Blink records. Um, and I don't have any stinkers like you. Uh, I do have 13 bangers, so that's fun. And uh, with that, let's uh, let's just get into, since we don't have any bangers, or do you want to get into your OK songs? Well, let's, I mean, first we should get into the song that we just played. That's true. That's true. So there is. Yeah. Where does, oh shit, I burped. Uh, where does that sit with your, uh, on banger wise? This is my 7B. 7B, huh? Just wow. kidding. This is my 3B. This song's so good. <laughs> I, I was really surprised. I was There's no surprised. way. There's no fucking way this is not like a top 3B on this album. This is that's just you're 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 actually trying to fool somebody if if you if you spit that out because this song is so fucking catchy. It is so goddamn good. Like here's this is one of those times where Tom can slay an acoustic song if he like. But then, like, this is a killer song done acoustic or done with drums and extras and stuff because he plays this. He has played this one just with him and the guitar. Mm-hmm. Nobody can play in the guitar. This is one that he's pleased to play <laughs> with the guitar at live shows and stuff, and it's fucking so goddamn good. Killer melody, killer chorus. Everything about this is an absolutely banger of a song. Yeah, this is my this is my 2B uh, for the same much of the same reasons, too. It's... He tells like a like a kind of a story, and every part of it, not just the chorus, every part of it's catchy because he sings it so weird. Especially up to this point, he had never really sung like this. It's very kind of obnoxious, uh, but it's endearing when he does it. You, you hear anybody else try to sing like this, you're like, dude, you're a fucking idiot, and you need to go home. But when he does it, it's it's completely different. There's something charming about it. It's, I, it's I, I can't childish. Even it. it really is childish. Yeah. It's just up and down. You can't hear me. I don't know what you say. It's just <laughs> up and down. That's all he fucking does. And it's it's childish and it's so stripped down to like a fundamental part of writing acoustic music. There's nothing really fancy about this other than like the drum part and some of the the extras that are that are thrown in there. But the song really doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't really do anything mm-hmm. crazy. It's just a really, really good like dashboard sounding song with Tom singing it. And it's very endearing and it's a fucking banger of a song. Truly is. And like you said, we, I mean, we've seen, I mean, we never got to see boxcar racer, unfortunately, even though that tour with the used, the used opened up for them. And the, it was when the used had just put out their first record. So they were playing like banger after banger and they were still a really cool band. Uh, I can't even imagine what that show was like. Seeing them at the Glass House, the used and Boxcar Racer at the Glass House, that's must have been unreal. That just doesn't even make any sense. It's like, <laughs> but that seems it's too big for the Glass out. House. It just seems too big for the Glass House. It just, it's, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. But then we also saw, you know, we we've seen Angels and Airwaves at the Glass House. 
you know, well, their not, first show. Their first show ever was at the Glass House. All right. So, yeah, there is my 2B or 3B. Uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, musically, it's just the main guitar part and just a fancy drum roll. But I don't know, man. Oh, oh, oh what I was going to say is when we have seen him play it live, but just on the acoustic guitar, he even played this song at the first Angels and Airwave show, the very first show ever. He played this song by himself with an acoustic guitar. Well, he didn't even really sing it. The crowd pretty much sang it. And he just played the guitar along while everybody else screamed it out. Which is it's, just fucking cool. It's so cool because you know like this song means so much to him. And it's not mm. it's not just that it's like a catchy song, but it's like it's the catchiest song and kind of like songwriting, it's like the best song on his kind of solo album. Like his his departure from what everybody had known to be Tom DeLong. Tom DeLong is the other guy from Blink One Eighty Two. Now he's doing yeah. something else, and everyone's like, all eyes are on me right now. He's like Tupac Eider, all eyes on me. So he has to come out swinging. And like, this is like songwriting. That's not my favorite song, but songwriting, like, this is the best song on the album. And it's the fucking 10th track. It's not even like one, two, three, four, or five. It's yeah, buried. It's, late in the game. it's buried. Yeah. I yeah. love it. And he still plays it to this day. I mean, I saw him right before COVID hit at the end of 2019. And he still played this by himself. Nobody else. Just he played this and he played Aliens Exist on acoustic. And it was so cool. It was it was like when we saw him do it at the first show, the first Angels show. And he's doing it fucking what is that? What was that two thousand six? Doing it thirteen years later. We saw him at um when we he played this one and down also. Yeah, yeah, he did play down, yeah. Over right, at right. uh was it the the fucking Long Beach Arena. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. This one and down he played, and and it's just like these are very just these are very personal, endearing songs, and they they sound fantastic on studio. They sound great acoustic, and they sound great just him with an electric guitar through the clean channel. They just it's just it's just great. It's great. It's good it stuff. Is. It's good stuff. Really is, and this is one of the two songs that they made a video for. And the video, I don't know. I Tom co-directed it. Dumb. And yeah, it's, it's a typical music video of the it's, era. It's very. Okay, it's say it's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's, it's forgettable. Yeah. Never yeah. talk about it again. It's, as of it's right a now. very done. It's a very wet music video. There's a lot of water involved. Dude, you got to have that and glistening. The hair glistening. It, you need a lot of that glistening. But <laughs> like it was beyond just glistening. I mean, they were drenched. <laughs> <laughs> the entire video. I mean. You cannot have been more wet. Like this is like straight up getting out of a pool and just dripping. <laughs> like just they were under a waterfall the entire time. But whatever. This this song has my favorite line, my favorite lyric on the entire album though is is from this song. It's which is it's when he says, "I faintly remember breathing on your bedroom floor where I laid and told you, but you swore you loved me more." The fact That's that he doesn't say in the song that he loves her is just implied in the "I love you" response. It's yeah, yeah. It's so good. It is so good. And I don't know if that's like a an upper tier songwriting technique. I don't know. But when he says where I laid and told you, told you what? Doesn't say nothing. But you swore you loved me more. Like, oh, that's what he said to her. Like we are, we are now we are now made <laughs> to like infer what is being implied. Yeah. God like he doesn't damn, have that to, is so fucking good. Cuz it it could have been ruined if he just repeated himself. Like I told you I loved you, but you told me you loved me. Yes. Like, you don't need that repetition. That, Dude, that redundancy. So good. Yeah. That I was get, very good. I, I get giddy very like good. a schoolgirl. It's so good. <laughs> it's, 
it's crazy how quickly i mean for i don't know if you remember but uh how quickly I knew the lyrics to this song. And I, and like we've talked about many times, we're not lyric men. We've never been lyric men. But for whatever reason, this is one of those songs where I was, I, it was so easy to learn the words to it and just rattle it off easily. It's because the melody. It's, it's, just, it's all up and downs. So obviously the, the song lyrically is kind of about, you know, missing somebody you, you loved, a past lover, uh, just kind of being nostalgic. The song's about being very nostalgic and just kind of wondering if they still feel the same as he does about their their relationship. Maybe they he wants them to get back together. Who who really knows? It's about nostalgia, you know. Yeah, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, that's that's that's, that's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. So, do we have anything else on uh, on there? Is no, no, that is it. All right. So then, what is your one B? Um, <laughs> one banger. Your number one banger. My number one banger on the album. Um, I'm not gonna go basic and say like there is or or you know I, I feel so mad, but I Mia. will be I will be even more predictable and basic and say that my one B is elevator. Really? Yeah. Okay. That that's fine. I'm I'm not mad at you. Which is to be I, honest, like it's like if one of if not the laziest song on the album. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no chorus. There's no hook. It's there's there's nothing to it. It's just. Now we're just getting Mark and Tom again at this point. Yeah. But just that <laughs> chemistry at this Toy Page era is just, it's unmatched. It's fucking unmatched. I know. I know. There's, there's the two verse, two verses. Tom gets the first verse. Mark gets the second. And then they both switch off with the outro singing the same line over and over again until it just kind of is done. Dude, when Mark and Tom are both going at like the move on part, the move on, like, yeah. dude, come on. That's... <laughs> It's like M&M. It's melts really in your mouth, not in your hands. It's perfect. It's perfection. <laughs> it's really good. It's amazing. It's just so nice to hear Mark's voice after getting... I mean, I love the whole record, but it was just so nice when you get to this song, the essentially the last song, because instrumental, you can skip over that. Um, but yeah, once you get to this, it's just... It's such a pleasant thing to your ears hearing Mark's voice. You really miss him. <laughs> I know. I know. You really <laughs> do. It's insane. Any time, any time I hear any kind of like Angels and Airways or anything Tom does or anything Mark does, really, like I cannot help but just by just a, a knee jerk reaction, think like, "Damn, what could this have been with the other person that wasn't here right now?" It's just something that I just innately think about. Angels <laughs> and Airways is how could this have been better if Mark was in here? And Mark, all of his side projects and all of this, the songs that feature him on it, how could this have been better if Tom was here? It's just something I think about constantly. And for this album too. to end, essentially end, with Mark on here, I thought was um, was petty because Mark was probably complaining so fucking much. Tom was just like, okay, fine, yeah. fuck. <laughs> I know, I know. So it is petty, but it's also just um, like, <laughs> god damn, dude, you guys could have done this, this, this concept, this post-hardcore sound. You you could you could have done a whole album of this if you really if you really tried if you really really amped it up if one of I you know. wasn't so emotionally underdeveloped. Not saying who, <laughs> not saying who. I just that's what I'm just saying. But if you've listened to this podcast in the past, you know who that person is. I'm, uh, this could be different. I'm not saying who. I'm saying. <laughs> it's not different. We know it's not different. And I, I don't know if you noticed, but each verse only has four lines before they get to the woes. Each 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 guy has only four lines, which I thought was kind of cool. They really kind of just—it's very precise. I like it. I like it. But then the wa-oh's 
or the the I, wait, I didn't even say that, sing that right or say it right. Whoa, oh, oh, below. It's so dumb. I love it. That clean guitar in the back. I mean, just talk about like the most simple, the simple, the most simple song on the record, like through and through. It's it's unbelievable, but it's so it's so effective and it's so great. And I mean, I mean, we didn't really touch upon it yet, but I mean, Boxcar Racer was made because Tom felt stifled in what Blink was at the time where they were essentially being kind of controlled by the record label. And Mark only wanted he wanted to keep making pop pop punk music in that vein. But Tom had kind of, you know, gotten into different kinds of music, heavier music. And that's why he did this. And really, he I, from what I was reading and listening to, Tom wanted this to be like a violent femmes kind of band kind of thing, like more acoustic based. But then as time went on, it just it evolved and he didn't have a drummer. So he's like, well, Travis will do it for free. So I'll just hit him up. And that started the rift between Mark and Tom was when he wanted Travis involved, but not Mark. And it's pretty fucked up when you really think about it. It's like it's, on every level. It's pretty fucked up. It's a good, it's good intentions backed by bad execution is what it is. Yeah. And like but then it, also, did you, did you read what Travis said about it too from his book? Uh, he, he said that, that he actually, cause Tom asked Travis to do it and Travis said, yeah, for sure. That's fine. I'll do it. And then he talked to Mark about it and said, oh yeah, I'm doing the thing with Tom and Mark knew nothing about it. So Tom oh, didn't yeah, even yeah. confide with Mark about it. And that's pretty, that's pretty shitty. Yeah, that's, that's bad. That's, that's bad execution. That's like, you shouldn't yeah. have to be confined to just one band. If you have, if you have ideas, if you have things you want to do with other things, who who cares? It's, it's your, it's your prerogative. Yeah. You, you're, you're an artist, whatever. But you, you shouldn't be hiding it like that. Yeah, I know, I know. And uh, so yeah, so it started out as an acoustic thing, and then as time went on, he wanted to create more of a band out of it, which is great. We got this record, but I was reading too that once he got Travis on board, they they actually went to like Travis's warehouse in Corona, California. Which, if you're from this area, you know Corona is just like not a great place. And well, it's getting better now, but it's still not a very great place. But yeah, they pretty much just jammed in his warehouse, the famous Stars and Straps warehouse, and just wrote this entire record together. Well, I mean, that was like 20 years ago, too, when Corona was essentially just cows. white trash bros. <laughs> white trash and cows. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. That's now it was, now yeah. it's like a community, and it's it's getting better, like you said. There's a mall. The Tyler Gallery is a fantastic mall, but... Well, that's that's always been there. That's been there since the eighties. Twenty years ago, but yeah, but twenty years ago, that mall was shit. Yeah, it was shit. That yeah. was trash. That, that, I mean, everywhere out in Corona, Riverside was terrible. But yeah, there you go. So I just thought I thought I'd bring that up, and then you know, also before we get more into the other songs too. I mean, th- this record was was produced by Jerry Finn, who, if you don't know, you know, huge part of Blink. You know, did Enema, Toy Page, the self titled record, and. Worked with a shit ton of other bands, so there's that. And then they recorded this record in just six weeks, and Travis only took one day to record the drums. Did everything in one day. It's crazy. I mean... Because there's some really cool stuff on here. Th- there is, but there's nothing... This is a good transitional drum part for Travis from Toy Patch to Self-Entitled. Like, this is... Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of things on here that are reminiscent of Toy Patch, but then you hear a lot of self-entitled of what is to become. I mean, not just like Travis, but also like like 
Tom, like some of Tom's parts too, remind me of things that will become self-entitled. But Travis for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, Travis, Travis is a really good drummer. And so the, the fact that he recorded all this in such a short amount of time is, is not is not surprising. Because I think he did Enema. He recorded all the drums on Enema, I think, in three days or some, some crazy shit like that. I learned all Blink songs in the backstage <laughs> in of, an hour. of a show. So, yeah. <laughs> on, on the plane ride over to the show in Denver or some shit like that. But, yeah, anyway, so back to Elevator. Just thought we should throw that kind of perspective out there or that, that what was happening at the time with the band. Uh, yeah, should we play a little bit of it and then get into the lyrics? Yeah. yeah. Okay, awesome. So here is, uh, here's a little bit of the song Elevator from the Blink-182s. There you go, elevator from Boxcar Racer. So wow, what a song! Such a simple, like we said, such a simple thing. Musically, oh man, it's it's great. It's fucking this is great. this is a song that like like I've known the lyrics to you for so many years, but yeah. have never have never like like looked into what they mean or anything. And I mean, just based off of the the brief Google searches. If this is about what everyone's posting is about the September 11th attacks, and this came out after September 11th, and kind of Tom's mindset of that is is in a lot of America, which is holy fuck, I can't believe this happened. And so Tom mm-hmm. writing a, a record about not about that, but just being in that kind of mind mind frame. But this being about like September 11th, and then Tom's first verse is about what someone is thinking about as they jump to their death as we've seen people do during the uh, the attacks 
And then Mark's mm-hmm. verse is about someone witnessing some that same person falling to their death. Yeah. And I wonder, yeah. I wonder because this has like the same kind of, I don't know, this has the same feeling as I miss you, right? Like, like the, the lore, the, the, the urban legend of I miss you, which it could very well be bullshit, but we're led to believe it's true. I miss, if I miss you of, of Mark and Tom writing separate stuff and coming together and having it blend so goddamn perfect that it's, 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 un, it's uncanny. It's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wonder, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to guess it's the same on this one because I couldn't find anything that they wrote this song together or apart. I didn't see anything like that. I'm sure they wrote it. To, I'm, I think Tom probably wrote it. I don't know. I really don't know. Because I don't know. I don't know. That. Yeah, I don't know. Because like really that that lore that that urban legend of them writing two different parts for "I Miss You," but they match so perfectly together. And what made it like spawn on me right now was when you said they each have four four lines. Mm-hmm. Like, why the fuck do they each only have four lines? That's fucking weird. It is weird. Yeah. Like, it's are they just. <laughs> like are they that connected in songwriting at this point to where no matter what they fucking do everything they do together is just gold <laughs> jerry it's gold it's gold but do you know what's weird too i don't know if you noticed this either but tom only when, when at the end of his verse he says oh below and then he does the oh again but he doesn't say below a second time but mark says below a second time so what does that mean why did mark say it twice but tom only said it once is it because he had the second verse, so he said it twice? I don't know. That is weird. It's weird, right? Like it's, I I noticed that reading the lyrics, and it's a very it's very strange. I just don't understand it. But then the 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 I mean that you already explained the f- first two verses and what those are about. But then the the end the outro the hook I guess you could say, is is them like moving on with their lives. Like yeah, they saw something horrific and terrible, but the only thing they could do is is just try to forget about it and just move on i mean that's literally the lyric let's forget this let's forget this all move on and yeah i never like you much like you i didn't i've i've known the lyrics forever but i've never thought about it until this week and i was kind of blown away i had this is this is the one that really surprised i had no fucking idea (laughs) given given that that these are true that these that these claims are true i had no idea this was about like September 11th or anything like that. No idea. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it totally threw me off. Totally threw me off. And honestly, after knowing that and then reading the lyrics, like it's, it's pretty solid. Like there is, it's pretty it good imagery. It's, it's just, it's, it's pretty damn good. It's, and it's, it's good not stuff. blatant. It's not blatantly, blatantly obvious. It's not like they're saying, I saw somebody jump from a, from a skyscraper or I didn't see, you know, they, they set it up very nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, like we the, never the fucking concrete, knew. concrete, like the concrete looks too thin to break my fall. That's a really good line. That's a very very good line. I've 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 liked that line for a long time because it sounds cool. But then thinking about yeah. like somebody jumping to their death, it's a fucked up lyric. Yeah. Well, even when you when you look at it too. So so breaking it down a little bit more too. They Mark, uh, the third line. Mark and Tom or Tom and Mark have the same the same. They sing the same thing. The sunset stretched the sunset, across yeah. the nighttime scene. But then the fourth line is the is the huge difference because Tom is, for obviously from the viewpoint of somebody falling, I counted people as I neared the street below. That's fucking that's sad as fuck. And then Mark says, "I turned away as he came near the street below." Damn, what if they both end with "street below," but they both are are recounting very different, obviously very different memories. What of if the same situation? What if 
what if Tom doesn't say the below part last because he didn't have enough time? Like if you were actually falling, oh, yeah. you don't have enough fucking time until you die. Yes. But Mark has Dude, enough that, time because even if the guy hits the ground, lie. he can still end the song. He can still say below because he's not the one dying. Like what yeah, if? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we're giving a lot of credit to a bunch of guys like in their 20s and shit in, in this era. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But given their history and, and how well they've connected with each other, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say that this is uh, this is songwriting genius right here. It really is. It is. And like in two minutes, in a little over two minutes, I think. If this was not my 1B after this little thing we just said, this might be my 1B. But it's already my 1B. So. <laughs> it's already 1B. This is my this is my 4B, actually. Elevator is my 4B. <laughs> That's so low. Your fucking no, 1B though. is probably Cat-Like Thief because you're such a cuck. It's Cat-Like <laughs> Thief, isn't it? It's not Cat-Like Thief. Oh, God. As I'm changing my notes. No, but it's really not Cat-Like Thief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so we got anything left on Elevator or no? Dude, that song is so fucking good. No, that's all it I is, got, though. It is great. I just can't believe, dude. I've listened to this song a hundred fucking times and I've never made that 9-11 connection. It's crazy. No, like, why would you, though? Like, there's nothing yeah, nothing yeah. specific in there about it. All right, so that is your 1B. Yep. Now, my 1B, ready to get mad? Oh, God. Ready dude. to get mad. It's going to be such a... a wait, you're, this, this is your 1B. What I'm about to tell you is my 1B, yeah. It better be, it better be I feel so. It better be... I don't, oh, I don't so even know what mad. it is. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be my first punk song. Don't tell me it's my first punk song. Please don't say that. I'm gonna no, right no, 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 no. No, my my one B is and I. That oh, is my God, one B. Dude. What what are you what are you sighing about? You're, is that, you're, is like you're a happy a, sigh or a sad no, sigh? No, no, it's not a happy sigh. That's come on. <laughs> like like you you you're going out of your way to discount. There is the elevator. Um, I feel so. Just because they're popular. That, that's what's happening right now. That's fine. There is is my 2B. What that's are you fine. talking about? That's fine. Well, it can't you be stupid? your 1B because it's so popular. I know. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you're, so you're the worst. It's fucking guy. And dies my you're 1B. Come on, guy. Oh, that's and okay. And this coming from the, the most basic person here when who gives elevator his 1B? Dude, come, come on. on. You want to talk about basic? I'm not talking about basic. basic. No, you're I'm the for, most basic I, bitch I, I know. I preface my 1B with this sounds basic. Yes. It doesn't matter. say that. It doesn't I matter if you it. preface it. You're still a basic bitch. I know, and I said that. I admitted it. Okay, so don't get on your high horse saying, oh, you just don't like there is and I feel so because, you know, you don't want to, you know what you said. Stupid. Uh, no, go ahead. Continue. You you were no, doing you, a good you, job. You no, were doing a good job. Just, <laughs> what was, you're saying. That's, <laughs> what I, that's what I sound like. <laughs> Keep going. Please enlighten me. <laughs> I'd rather not. I'd rather not. I'd rather talk about and I. And I, this guy. And what I feel so mad. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is my 4B. This, this is my 4B. Oh, you're such a cuck, man. You're the biggest <laughs> cuck I've ever known. Oh, you're the worst. You're the worst. <laughs> I feel so mad. I will say, like, our top four oh, are exactly the same. They are exact. Well, no, no. Cause you, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're exactly the same, just in different order. Yeah, our top four are the same. Oh, if that makes sense. I don't know. I, I feel so, and I, there is Elevator. Not in that order, just the, those are the four. Those are the four songs, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm glad this one it, this one's so tired because I was worried about you. This is like the forgotten banger on the record. Dude, that's my I, first fucking line is I always forget about this one. Yeah, I, 
I forgot about this song really. I mean, cause I, I've always liked it, but I always forgot about it until we did box. We did this album on a forgotten episode years and years and years ago. Yeah. Bootleg album and, or bootleg episode. Yeah. It was a very bootleg episode. And that's when I rediscovered and I, and realized, wow, this is like, this is a perfect fucking song. This is a, a the absolute best segue from Toy Page to Blink Self Entitled. And it has, to me, the catchiest chorus on the entire record, without a doubt, the catchiest chorus. It, and it also has a little bit of Angels and Airwaves in there, especially during the bridge. The, the the different guitar effects that he uses in the bridge, it's very Angels and Airwaves sounding, especially off of Wooden Toe. And, you know, it's just the heaviness of it too, like the big palm-muted guitars. It's just such an amazing song. And like I said, that chorus, man, it's it's so cheesy. It's it's almost as cheesy Want as there her, is. Need her. Oh man, it's it's beyond it's beyond catchy. It's it's a beyond catchy song. My my favorite my favorite part of this entire song, and I think the song is fucking perfect. I like the back and forth riffage of like the guitar. Like yeah, yeah. It's very it's very uh, get it faster, Jimmy World. It's it's what we want from just a cool guitar riff. It's 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 really cool. It picks up after that. Like the song's perfect. It's a perfect song. It is. I I I would never say anything about bad about this song. I wish more people would just know about it because fuck man, it's a good one. Um so let's play a little bit of it and then we'll get into the lyrics. Sound let's good? Do it. Let's do it. Okay, so here is and I from Boxcar Racer. There you go, and I, from Boxcar Racer. How can anybody not like this song? It's, it's beyond perfect. It's a giddy. Oh my god, dude! And just the, I mean, obviously the the big dance drum beat in the beginning with the simple guitar playing, but then once you hit that verse, it's just like he keeps going with that one riff, 
just over and over again. But then the bass comes in that just really heavy bass part. And it's just, it, they perfectly accompany one another. And he doesn't, Tom doesn't necessarily scream in the verses, but he yells. Dude. And yeah, he, he's is, never, he's never yelled like that up until this point. This is like the era of Tom where his screaming and yelling is like, he's perfect. This reminds me of not now, like the way he yells yeah, and the yeah. way he screams. That's this, good. yeah, that's a great comparison. This like this like three to five year period of Tom screaming is, is money. It's his fucking money, truly. Like, like just how he says that first line, "I am lost in the crowd." It, yeah, just just that first part. <laughs> I am, help yeah. me, save me, man. Not now, Take man. My that hand is just Lord now. So long. Like it's, <laughs> not like now this, is is a beautiful song. It's not now. It's such a perfect song because of the way Tom screams. He's he just yeah. He doesn't. He's never like scream like that. Like he just doesn't do that. Man, he never. That he, gra- never he never really like like pushes himself that hard. I just can't with that not now comparison. That I never never ever made that connection. But that is that's spot on. And it makes sense. That's like one of your top three Blink songs, right? Not now, dude. I've not not now is second. Is their second best. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Carousel's yeah, number one. Yeah, you can't fuck. You, you can't fuck with Carousel. Yeah, you're never gonna change that one. All right, that's fine. <laughs> you just because you can't because the song is so perfect. Like, how can how can the song how can the song change if oh, it's so, so perfect? Like, that was so like backhanded. Was, <laughs> I know it was because you're such a dick. But it's like you. I mean, you would never say any song is better than online songs. Uh, no, come on, silly boy talk. Yeah, exactly. So you're just as stupid as me. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> fucking idiot. You're being stupid. <laughs> Let's just move on because that was just stupid. Because I fucking got you. I got I got you so good. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the chorus. And wait. Wait. Oh, and, I'm not even going to try to sing it. I, I can't do it. But that chorus is, is just as like. I want her. Need her. <laughs> and then the way wow, he says pull very, me like, through. The whole thing. Yeah. It's, I never. I never made that connection that is it's fantastic and then he starts verse two the same way he does with verse one i'm tired this game's so dumb she never played <laughs> that's no so dude, that's that, that's that's what he sounds like it's it beyond perfect. good it's beyond catchy beyond good the song is this should be your one b i don't know why this is not your one b straight up would, silly no it's it's a good song and i um i don't know it's 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 not my one B. Come on, elevator is for sure untouchable. Um, there is is for sure untouchable. I feel so. I I feel like I could drop that so down good. maybe to like a three B and replace it with with uh, there is. I really think you should. I I could put I could put there is as two B and I feel so as three B. Yeah. No no no, but, no put put and I as three. Oh no, there's no way. There's no that's uh, no that's not gonna happen. No, that's stupid. You're the, you're the fucking that's, worst. That's dumb. That's dumb. Uh, so yeah, I mean, lyrically, what do you, what do you got on this one? Oh, I just scrolled past it. So okay, so so since you're still scrolling, um, yeah, I, was, I was done scrolling. But okay. Oh no, what, what do you got then? What, what do you got? No, you go got? ahead. You you're you're eager. This is your one. No, this no. is your one B. You tell me. <laughs> you in, enlighten me with your fucking say. knowledge. Boys go to boys say. go to college oh, no. to get more knowledge. I was gonna say, did you did you pick up on like the the synth and the the angels and airwaves kind of stuff in the bridge? There's a lot of angels and airwaves in this album. There's a lot of angels and airwaves on, on this album, and there's a lot of self entitled on this album. 
this yeah, album yeah. is a is a fantastic like middle point and 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 there's a lot of things here and then they, as far as like post hardcore goes too if we're just going to talk about the genre just go on a completely different tangent this is uh this is heavier than like a lot of the post hardcore shit that we've we've heard even from some of the heaviest post hardcore stuffs out there this is as heavy if not heavier at points there are points in this album where, which yeah. are so fucking heavy which are so aggressive which are so gritty I was surprised this week. I was very yeah, surprised. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. There's some big riffs. I mean, even I mean, in some some of the songs that aren't that are lower tier bangers, like toward the end of the record, they're not the best songs, but they are the heaviest songs. You know, like Sorrow and The End With You. Those two songs are some of the heaviest songs on the record as well as I feel so. Those are extremely aggressive songs for <laughs> Tom at least. Sorrow, I got some things to say about. Okay, all right. Good things. Well, let, 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 let's let's wrap yeah, up let's, and I then. Okay. So what what do you got lyrically on this one? Or what else do you and have? And I this feel one? so. Uh, and I, again, I scrolled through it. <laughs> I was reading Sorrow. Um, I I, I think this is this is a, a a take on on him knowing how horrible this relationship is, or how awful she is to him. <clears throat> And uh, the chorus kind of reiterates how much he actually believes he needs her. It's kind of this back and forth. Then the same way that like the guitar riffage was back and forth, I think the verse mm-hmm. playing with the chorus is also a very back and forth. So in the song itself is a very back and forth, leading up to the and I of like like you 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 and I feel this and I and like this, but like and I is always last. Because mm-hmm. you feel like your feelings are always last whenever you're arguing with somebody. True. <laughs> like whenever I talk to yeah. your dumbass, I always feel like, like whenever, <laughs> and my opinion is, is always like in the back burner because you think that your opinion is the worst and it is so. Oh, uh, you're the fucking worst. You're the oh, worst. I just said that. That's fine. That's what I got for, and I feel so mad. <laughs> All right. For this one, I have a little bit of a different interpretation. I feel like it's about him kind of slowly falling in love with this girl uh but he hasn't quite told her how he feels feels yet like he's kind of hinted at it but hasn't straight up told her and he just all he thinks about is her but he's so unsure if she feels the same way that's what i got with this one it's the uncertainty of of falling in love with a girl oh damn i don't know that's my that's my viewpoint on it but okay 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 so what do you got for uh, we did your three B because this is your three B, right? That's my four B. Oh, okay. So your three B is I feel so. My three B is there is. My two B is I feel so. Oh, then why the fuck didn't we talk about? Oh, because and I was my one B too. I'm so. Mm-hmm. I'm That's lost. Right. I'm lost. Math is hard. It is difficult. It is very difficult. I feel so is my three B. So there you go. So let's get into this. The first single, the first song anybody heard from this record. Was I feel this, or I feel while, I feel this. I feel no, this. I feel, I feel so. this. <laughs> while while I feel like like there is is the best, like song. It, like if, like if we're trying to be objective, I feel, I feel like, fuck. Every you time I say so. I feel, I feel so. I know it's <laughs> because we're talking about that. Sounds stupid. I believe. <laughs> pulled out my thesaurus <laughs> sound, over here. Sound even more like a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that uh that there is is probably the the best it's the most well-written song on the album 
Whereas I feel fuck. I I, I feel so. I pontificate. <laughs> 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 that I feel you so. Really, you really dug into the thesaurus, the, the thesaurus tonight. Yeah, the chia. I I believe we're throwing. I I believe we're throwing around things that people probably people ages like twenty five and under have no idea what we're talking about. Thesaurus is chia pets. Yeah, thesaurus is for sure. No one knows what thesaurus is anymore. Dude, like no one's touched a thesaurus probably in the past twenty years for sure. Dude, I barely touched a thesaurus when I was in school. Yeah, no. Like, yeah, how absolutely. many times did you use the thesaurus? You always use the dictionary, but never the thesaurus. The, the, the thesaurus. The, the only time I, word. the only the time I needed word. I know the only time I needed a thesaurus was in college when writing papers. When I was like, dude, I'm using this fucking word a lot, but then I would just highlight it, Google it, thesaurus, and then it would give me something else. <laughs> so like physically touching a, th- a th- fuck. Dude, this is quite the problem. The problem with the word is you always sound like you have a lisp, and then something you feel self self conscious about saying Thethor. the word thesaurus. Yeah. Thesaurus. That, that's the problem. Yeah. So I, I honestly actually don't think I've ever even touched an actual physical thesaurus in my life. Oh God! I remember in at least in elementary school, our teachers used to make us buy a dictionary and a thesaurus. We had to have both of them, but then we never touched the the, the we never touched the thesaurus. Because it's stupid. We're fucking fourth Your teachers had you buy a dictionary and a thesaurus? And a thesaurus, yeah. In elementary school? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, but we never touched it. We never used it. It's stupid. But half the kids in my elementary school didn't speak English. So it was just like, it was just <laughs> no fucking way. Like, yeah, there's, there's buy yeah. a dictionary. I was in Especially all, I was, in, I would did in elementary school. I was in the quote, I used in quotations. I was in all honors classes, honestly, just because I could speak English. I, I went to a highly <laughs> Hispanic elementary school. Because I feel so mad. <laughs> so what are we talking about? What, what were we talking about? I talking don't about I know why so. this brought it up. Oh, that's right. Oh, because you, you didn't want to say I feel so, yes. so much. Yes. Okay, yeah, there we go. If if there is, I which I think there is, is the best, is, is the most well-written song on the album. But I feel, yes, okay. I feel like I feel so is <laughs> the best representation of what this band and this album is about. That's that's what yeah. I was getting at. I would I would I would agree with you on that. Definitely agree with you. I feel so. I think it's just it's just exactly what what post hardcore needed. Post hardcore prides itself on being, you know, very very emo of the hardcore realm emo, and then very DIY ethics, very very aggressive, very weird tones, a lot of things going on, but not always melodic. And so mm-hmm. I think Boxcar Racer is is one of the greatest is one of the greatest post hardcore albums of all time because Oof. it took it took something that was already gritty, that was already heavy, that was already nasty, and kind of popified it. Which in essence, humans we we just attach ourselves to rhythm. We attach ourselves to melody. That's why like Fur Release is is one of the greatest compositions of all time because everybody knows that like fucking everybody and their mother knows what that is yeah no yeah. matter what because it's fucking catchy is it's it catchy? catchy and it's played everywhere is it catchy just because it's catchy or is it catchy because we've heard it everyone's heard it fucking everywhere i don't know i, don't I think know. it's the latter i think it's the latter but we don't know Most because it's been around for hundreds of years so it's it's yeah. hard to say that it's been around everywhere because but it's used in been like around for hundred fucking years it's been around for it's 300 so years but it's been around for yeah. 300 years yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a lot of a lot of like stuff that Beethoven has done, Vivaldi, Mozart, a lot of these a lot of these old 
old old guard of of of, of shredders have done, you you <laughs> recognize a lot of their fucking songs, and you don't even realize it. So I think post hardcore needed, I don't know, needed some melody to it, and Boxcar Racer brought that. And I feel I feel so is like a great representation of really heavy, really aggressive, really. I don't know, really gritty tones with pretty damn good mo- melodies, and and it's it's just it's really catchy. I like it. So you're so you're saying that post hardcore needed the Beethoven of the genre, and the Beethoven of the genre is Boxcar Racer, is Tom DeLonge. That's what you're saying, and and I don't disagree with you. I actually agree with you on this. See, Tom I'm not- is as good as Beethoven. And there's Mozart there's a together. lot of there's a lot of the old guard. So if we're talking like like who's the greatest like like composer of all time, Beethoven, Mozart, Vivaldi, Bach, I don't know who that is. Sebastian Bach, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. But I think that Boxcar Racer for sure is up there in like the upper echelon of of post hardcore songs because or post hardcore music because they embody musically what post car post hardcore is because mm-hmm. their tone is there 100%. But they bring like melody to it. I think just as humans, as much as we like to like pretend we love prog music and, and hardcore and all this stuff. Yeah, 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 whatever. But as humans, no matter what, like just it's, it's like, it's, it's innate in us. It's just like natural. We mm-hmm. search for rhythm. We search for melody. We search for these, these, I don't know, these like primitive sounds, these things that have been passed down for, for 20,000 fucking years. How, whenever the cavemen were out, unless you're a flat earth and you believe the earth is only 6,000 years old. But even then, 6,000 years, <laughs> these, these melodies have been passed down. I mean, that, that's why blues music is so popular because the same spirituals that they were based off of, the same folk songs, like, like as humans, we like melody. We do. We do. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And Boxcar Racer, like, dude, Tom, I don't want to sing. Him, I don't want to sing him too much praises, but Tom brought the pop to the post-hardcore, which post-hardcore fans would be like, "You don't ever put pop in my post-hardcore music." Yeah, <laughs> and put, we all know uh, post-hardcore music a little bit. Post-hardcore music can get can be kind of boring at times. You know, you gotta you gotta spice it up a little bit, and that's kind of what Tom did. I mean, we're we're making very outrageous, you know, claims here, but it's really kind, not. It's kind though. of the truth. It's kind of because the truth. You look at like some of like the most, I don't know, widely accepted as as some of the best post hardcore albums of all time, like Relationship of the Command. Right? There's yeah. so much melody on that album. That's true. And you yeah. get and 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 you get into some of the guys that that are really into post hardcore music. Yeah, Relationship of the Command is pretty good. It's a little poppy for me. It's like, okay, dude, come on. <laughs> this would right. be a fun conversation. <laughs> exactly. It's like, dude, relationship of command is is like it's so it's so insanely post hardcore, but with Tom DeLong melodies. The only difference is is Tom DeLong's not singing it with his iconic Blink one eighty two vocal style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had Tom never been in Blink one eighty two, this post hardcore album would probably be held a little bit higher. But because he's a pop punker trying to fucking come into my post hardcore realm, that's that's why it just it's it's never talked about. I think you're sad. right. And imagine imagine if there was no Blink One Eighty Two, Tom had you know just in an alternate universe, no Blink, 
but Tom and Travis were f- obviously friends and they recorded this record as a, their sole record. That was it. That's all. This album might have been the biggest of the genre, like without a doubt, because you know how it this, is like these bands would, who put out one record, it's like, like the Sex Pistols, you know, they're, gar- they're a garbage band, but because of what they stood for or pretended to stand for and they only put out one record, people have to love it for whatever reason. It's much this, in that same vein. Minor Threat, too, is another one. I don't get Minor Threat. Given you know. given that scenario you just said, this would be hailed as the greatest post-hardcore album of all time, for sure. Could have been. Could have been, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it, Blink tarnished the legacy of Boxcar Racer, even though it was done as like a as a nothing project. Like it, it just because of that, it tarnished its legacy. And that, it was unfortunate. And, and, it's, and unfortunate. it's true. And it's true. And I that, that doesn't mean like Blink's any worse or better than this. It's just it's sad that that's that's where we're at. Is that Blink, another great band, tarnished the legacy of a band because strictly because just the way we digest music. Yeah, it's because of the status of the other band. Because God forbid you're popular. God forbid that you know you well, have another band that is popular. You know, you hate the popular Absolutely. stuff, but that's all right. Well, that's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. But that's fine. We can continue. Um, so, <laughs> why are we such dicks to each other? I don't get it. I was um, just trying to be nice. You're just very. No, I, oh, I know. I know. Uh, so I feel so. Meon. So we haven't even we, we haven't played it. We haven't even really talked about the song itself. Uh, what do you want to do first? Literally, the only thing we have to talk about is why he says, I feel so mad, and then we can move on <laughs> to something else, because that's the only thing that there is to talk about this entire album, is why he says, I feel so mad. But can we talk, also talk about like the stop and goes of this song? The da-na-na, da-na-na. It's just very, it's very like, um, uh, what am I trying to say here? It's very ab- abrasive, very abrupt to open up a record like this. You know, with the piano and then it just, everything comes in so hard. It's really, it's a unique song. It really is a very unique song. And it's a perfect, I guess, you, I mean, we say it and it does sound kind of stupid, but it's a great thesis statement for the rest of the record. It has the melody. It has the heavy parts. It has the weirder stuff. It has the more experimental stuff. This has a little bit of everything in it. Acoustic guitar, piano, it just has it all. This is the perfect song to start this record, without a I, doubt. No, I, I I I do agree. I think the intro is solid. I think the song builds so well, and there's so much feedback, and there's so much just like long chords that are just being kind of like strummed out slowly, deliberately. It's super heavy. Travis does a really good job with this song too, and we uh, we hate Travis so much a lot because after self entitled, he became very very self entitled, along with Emina, <laughs> e- Emina, Enema. He just um, he does a really good job with this song, and I he think does, the palm yeah. mutes on this song are f- so fucking heavy for a song that's not that heavy because post hardcore isn't like it's not like chuggy metal heavy, so it's somewhere in the middle. But these palm mutes are fucking heavy; they're amazingly yeah. heavy. The way he says "mad," obviously it's funny, and the drop off from the heavy part to the super soft single note parts like those are fucking money. It's a perfect amount of contrast. It's a perfect use of contrast. You gotta love the drum part, the the drum roll part, because that's very self entitled, right? That's, it is. Oh, totally. That is very self entitled. And then the like the one two drum chicka to drop into the last drum part, or the last part of it. The like you, it's so come good. on, man! Like everything about this song, they just like they they sat down. They said, okay, what makes a good song for Blink for post hardcore? 
let's go. And they listed out the, ten, the top 10 things, and they just checked them all off and wrote a song around that, and it came out perfect. I know. And and bringing it back to the bridge, too, you know, it's the, the it's just that one kind of note that Tom's playing, and then he, he pa- they pause real quick, and then they keep going just with that one note, and then it, it, it's another abrupt stop with an even longer pause, and then you hear that, and then he goes goes back into the chorus again. It's it's the the simplest bridge you could possibly fucking do, but it's the pauses that make the bridge that much better. Had the pauses not been there, it would have been so fucking boring. But those pauses have that that sense of uh, what it, not not anxiety, but that sense of um, no. There's there's definitely anxiety there, yeah, because it, you you feel like what the fuck is going on? Like I don't understand why. This guy who just did Toy Page is doing this. This makes no sense. I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and to even start the song off with a piano, too. I mean, Blink never did anything with a piano prior to this. The closest thing they got to a piano was the organ in uh, Windy Clear. The closest thing they got to it. Ugh. So, I mean, it just started out with a piano, acoustic guitar, heaviness. It, it's it's wild. Man, to go, so. from, go, to, to go from Toy Page... And then hit hit us with a piano part, like that piano part. I mean, like I don't know when the first time I heard this album is entirety, and it sucks because the you know obviously probably, I don't think it was. I feel so it may have been. I don't know, but to go back and think, okay, the last thing that I heard from Tom was Toy Page, and then now I'm going into Boxcar Racer, and I hear this piano part, and I think, okay, this is going to be just like a weird slow pop punk song. And then it drops into a really, really, really heavy song. And I feel so it's heavily distorted. And it's a really fucking heavy song. And that yeah, would have just been really a is. really, really cool, I don't know, a really cool difference between the two. I, I would have really liked to, to hear that for the first time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I do remember the first time I heard I Feel So, but like I said, I remember feeling disappointed when I heard it because it's just not what I wanted. Uh, it's just like 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 coming off uh what it's please take me home that's the last song yeah, on Toy yeah. Bash. please please yeah. Take, yeah please take me home dude please take me home compared to i feel so i mean we're talking that's fucking night and day we're very two completely yeah two completely different genres different bands but you got the same singer here now and please take me <laughs> home features like tom DeLong as like the main the main the main vocalist on that one so now yeah. i don't know it's and I mean, ballsy. the the person who played piano on this is a guy named Roger Joseph Manning Jr. I don't know who he is. There's like nothing written about him, but he did play the the piano and keys on this record. So huge shout out to him because yeah, it's it's so different. So I wonder different. if that was just like because there's nothing written about him. I wonder if that was just one of their drunk friends that was like, oh, dude, this sounds like good. Listen, and ding 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 ding. ding. Like, oh yeah, that sounds good. We'll, We'll credit you. We'll credit you. <laughs> oh, and speaking of like friends of the band, let's talk about the name of the band, which came from a band that Travis was in long before Blink-182. Like a high school band. So Travis was talking to Tom and he said, okay, let's come up with a name. And Travis mentioned you know, he used to be in a band called Boxcar Racer and Tom liked it so much he wanted to use it. And Travis was like, okay, that's cool, whatever. Let's get the original bass player who played in my high school band to join our band now. And he actually reached out to the bass player. I don't remember his name, but reached out to him 
and never heard anything back, nothing at all. And they're like, okay, fuck it. Then we'll get this. Another friend of mine named Anthony Celestino. I think he's like, a, he was like a tattoo artist at the time and Trav- one of Travis's friends at the time. And he played bass on, he, pl- he played bass for the tour, the one tour that they did, but he didn't play on the record at all. But yeah, it's kind of, I, I didn't really know that until recently, until this week that this is actually a band that Travis was in. The name was a, was of a band that he was in in high school. Did you, so cool. like, like how Tom and David met, like from what I read, it was just being in the music scene yeah. together. Yeah. I, I couldn't find like a specific time where they directly met, which I think is weird because well, no, they, they, they met, they met skating. They, they used to skate together. They had known each other since but high how? school. No, they had known each other. Oh, since they high went school. to the same high school. I don't know if they went to the same high school, but they they kind of they were in the same kind of like group together, and they used to skateboard with each other. Oh, okay. And like they, they was like mutual friends, and they just that's how they met each other was through skateboarding, and then and then David was in a band called Hazen Street, which was like a more of a hardcore punk band, similar to like Gorilla Biscuits, Black Flag, and stuff, and then and then yeah, so he just was friends with him and asked him to join, and he was obviously in this band, and he's been in Angels and Airwaves since that band started so because i just read it was just they were in the scene together like the scene and the scene uh, being like southern california the scene is is like that yeah you could just be in the same group of skaters together you know a friend you go with him and that person knows another friend and that person is another friend but because you're all just hanging out the skate park now you become friends so that does make sense that part does make sense yeah it was just um and if you the scene I remember watching the the documentary for the making of Wooden Toe, of Angels and Airways Wooden Toe, and like the beginning of that band that that Start the Machine documentary, and David and Tom talk about how they they met each other and just how how different they are, and that's why they got along because David's very quiet, very soft spoken, just is very level headed, but then Tom is so out out of his not out of his mind, but just so ambitious. So they said like that's kind of like the balance between them, like they balance each other out. Because they're on completely opposite sides of, I guess, not the spectrum, but, you know, mentally, they're on completely opposite sides. It makes sense. I mean, David's always been, like, the the cool guy on stage and tries to look really cool, and Tom's always putting himself out there. Yeah, yeah. Seems like. But, yeah, so that's that's what we got band member-wise. But, anyway, let's get back to I Feel So. Let's play a little bit of it, then we'll talk about the lyrics and maybe a few other things. So... Here it is, I feel so, from Boxcar Racer. I was young, wish I was shy, 
There you go. I feel so from Boxcar Racer. I played it a little, little bit longer than I normally do because it takes some, like almost a minute and a half to actually get to the vocals. It's quite the intro. Quite the intro. And a weird way to, you know, a weird first single for a band. So, whatever. Great song. What do you got lyrically on this one? Do you ever think... I mean, it's just about him being mad. Um, do you ever think that... <laughs> what so stupid <laughs> the, the song is about him being mad but then I, would, I thought that do you ever do you ever think that like um do you ever think like friend of the pod skip can hear the nuance and like how weird his vocals are the way we can yeah i don't see why not i don't know because i, I don't i don't know i don't think ozzy sings any different like when he's singing, oh, it I sounds normal. But like, I do you think like Skip things like, oh yeah, he sounds fucking crazy. I it's crazy the way he sounds. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, you're right, huh? I, I never really thought of thought of it that way because we, yeah, because we don't really notice Ozzy sounding different except that he sings like in a higher range, I guess. It, like if you if you played if you played Sabbath for somebody who and you told me, like, oh yeah, this is a band out of Huntington Beach. And they, oh, this is really good. Like, they're a really good Huntington Beach band. And you're like, oh, actually, they're from England. Or they'd be like, oh, wow, I never fucking would have guessed. I don't know they're from England, but I, I would never would have guessed. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder if, like, Friend of the Pod Skip is like, oh, yeah, you can totally hear the difference. Whereas, like, you know, we can pick apart Tom's mead parts like nothing. And I wonder if I that's the same way for him. Maybe he, maybe because, maybe he can because people always talk about it. And it's just kind of always thrown out there, but I don't know. Or maybe he thinks we sound just like Tom DeLonge when we talk. Maybe he thinks that oh, we have that a would be accent. so good. That would be what so if, good. Because we, I don't think we have a Poway accent. No, I don't think we do at all. But that would be amazing if he was just like, yeah, all y'all fucking Americans sound the same. I don't know. That'd be so funny. <laughs> Unless you're from the South or something, from like Wisconsin or something. Even then, that would that would sound because like, yeah, even then, like we, I mean, our granted, like USA is massive. It's huge. <laughs> So like a like New York accent England, is very different England than a Boston accent. England is the size accent. of California, if that. Yeah, it's yeah. Like USA is massive. Like like a Boston accent is very different than a New York, a New York ask, accent, which is Boston. also very different than just like an overall, like northeastern accent from like Maine and Pennsylvania area. Like New York has its own specific, Boston is own specific, and then down yeah. in Georgia, down in the South, down in Texas, there's all these different accents. I wonder how well other people can tell ours. As horribly as we can tell theirs. That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. Because we've been around to us on this. three fucking 350 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, pretty, <laughs> we're still pretty new at this. That's true. <clears throat> I'm sure he'll, he'll let us know. I'm, I'm sure he'll listen to this one. This one will interest him. So he'll let, it, he'll, he'll let us know. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. He'll hit us up in the DMs or something. 
But yeah, that's right, nothing so, to do with the song, really. I'm just curious. Well, just the weird way Tom says, feel so mad. I think the song is just about him being so mad. mad. Fuck, dude, mad. <laughs> can't even say yet. I can't even say mad anymore. It's like you can't say head anymore. You say yet. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's him being mad at the world, uh, tired and sick of it all, and just because of you know war, the poverty he sees, just pretty much everything and how helpless he feels about it. And he wants to make a positive change in the world, and he wants a better world for you know him and his family, and you know that it's nice. It's a nice sentiment and sentiment, and I don't know, I'm not knocking him for it. I mean, for very, better or for worse, he for does. Him. He has actually tried to do so. He is. He is I true. Mean, yeah. He and and even today's times, he is continuously trying to uncover truths and help everybody. You know, yeah. So I mean, fine. even at this time, you know what? In two thousand three, two thousand four, he went on the campaign trail with John Kerry. Like he even tried to get political about it. You know, prior to all the UFO stuff and the and all that, like he was going doing the political thing too for a little bit. Yeah. Well, he he talked about UFOs in this album too, but yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, he he didn't really get super into it until like the early two thousands. Yeah. When he started the companies and the mod life, and then the to the star stuff. Okay, so we're done with I feel so, right? Do we have anything else on this one? No, that was uh that was that was it. That's good. That's that was good. it. Okay. That's good. So then uh so then what is your oh your four B we've already done your four B. I think we've, we've done, done our, both of our four Bs. Yeah, I think we've done all all of our top fours here, so Okay, so then what is your five B? Uh my five B is the end with you. The end with you, really? The end with really, you. Really, yeah. really. Why is really, that? Really, really. That's my ten B. That is my ten B. I like the pacing in this one. It, it's chuggy. It's got a nice bounce and a, a nice roll to it. Um, I mm. also like there's not a ton of background theatrics. Travis's drum tone changes to that 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 cool like hip hop toned down thing that he likes to do. You know, like, like yeah. we hear a lot yeah. self entitled. I like that. I think that's really cool. And that guitar riff, like after that part that Travis does, that's. That's the beginning stages of all of this. That do 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 That's fucking all of this. Straight up. All verbatim. Right. I can I can hear that. I can hear verbatim. that. Verbatim. It's note for note. <laughs> it is I played it back to back. It's fucking note for I queued it up. It's note for note, the same fucking note, the same song. Did you really riff. do that? You didn't do that. I did. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Because I thought it was easy target. I was like, that's easy target, isn't it? It's like, no, that's not Pretty easy. What is that? Song. But it's, but it really is. When it goes into all of this, it slows it down, and then a lot of slides. It's just note for note. It's the same fucking thing. All right. So the end with you, five B man. This this is to me is the heaviest song on the record, or it's the heaviest song on the record. It's pretty much a mid tempo kind of song. Everything sounds like very thick sounding, and and just the the tone. It just everything is just heavy, 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 heavy on this one. And even the bass is. I I feel the bass is higher in the mix than anywhere else on the record. It really, really shows, and it just, I think it's a solid song. Even though it's my 10B, I think it's a really, really solid song. Which is which is still just Tom playing the bass. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did play bass on this record. I don't know. What, should should I play a little bit of it? What do you that, think? That's all right. I mean, there's there's other songs I would I would rather make fun of this and your get 5B. to. Yeah, but there's, I mean, I'm I'm... Yeah, I mean, if you want to play a play, that's fine. I'm no, it's up to you. This is this is your pod. It's absolutely your pod. 
Oh my god, why do you hate Pinocchio and Mulan? I don't understand. <laughs> Dude, Mulan tattoos look so you got, oh like after god. this you got to just google Mulan okay, tattoos. So it looks so fucking cool. I know I know that I know to people actually listening to the podcast right now they're like what the fuck are you talking about Mulan and Pinocchio for? Well, prior to us recording it cuz we had to take a break. And prior to us recording again, we had this huge 15-minute fight about Disney movies and which ones are the best. And Jeff, you know, thinks Pinocchio is the best, which it's not. No, I didn't um, say no. Mulan is the best. Mulan is the greatest Disney movie of all time. That's what I said. Pinocchio's top I know, five. I know. I know. Never would have said that. Both both statements are are crazy, but yeah, that that's the reference. So anyway, I don't want to get into this argument again. Because you'll lose. Uh, but that's fine. No, that's just silly boy talk. I never lose <laughs> at anything. Um. So, the end with you. What do you got lyrically on this one? Since you don't want to play it. Oh, dude, this is, this is, so, yeah, okay. I mean, we, I hope um, you didn't delete your notes, but that's fine. You probably did. No, they're all, they're all in, they're all highlighted in red now. This is, um, you're learning. this one was weird. Cause I, I felt like, I felt like, um, I don't know. Like we often, we often feel that like relationships ending are the end of the world or, or we'll go to extreme like lengths for the other person, including like to the end of the world. Right. Like I'll, I'll die with you. I'll I'll go to the end of the world with you, or whatever. And I think the yeah. song just plays just plays on those feelings a little bit. I would that's, say so too. That's all I got, really. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you as well. It's it's about seeing everything crumbling around you, and you know he wants he's depressed. He wants the pain to stop, and he's just I don't know. I, I, I it's the end of a relationship, but he's also kind of associating it with like the end of the world and it it just it's some comparisons and metaphors he uses that kind of go hand in hand with it but i don't know it's a good song it's a really good song but whatever lyrically it's whatever but it's 10b so okay it is my 10b yeah it absolutely is my 10b what is just wh- like pinocchio should be your 10b but that's fine um what is the instrumental to you what what, what b is that oh that's my 13b Okay, that's fine. That's that's my that's an okay song for me. Okay, I mean, so totally I, talk I'm I'm already gonna highlight. It. It's already highlighted in red. I, I, I moved highlighted on. it too. <laughs> what what my first punk song? What 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 B is that? Oh, my first punk song is my nine B. Oh, that's my nine B too. Okay, there we go. There we go. I I do really like this song a lot. I think it's funny. I think the lyrics are funny, uh, especially at the end. I've always laughed and I still laugh every time I hear it. In the background, you could hear him say, "I have no, I got no, yeah, Jack." The way he says it, too, it's so like, "Oh yeah, no, Jack," like he's pleading, <laughs> and that's that's also my nine B, and it's 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 funny, it's um, it's the joke song of this album, kind of, and it's yeah. uh, it's angsty, it's fun, it's great, but um, you know, it's it's whatever, it's fine. I think it's uh, it is the fastest song for sure on the record, and it's. I think it's just making fun of the punk scene in general because I mean the first verse is just talking about wanting to hit pedestrians and and you know just fuck with people. The second verse is talking about politics and how stupid they are, and then the chorus is just talking about giving your mom syphilis. Yeah. So but it's it like hits every punk rock thing, just every offensive thing that you could say in punk music. That's what he does in this like minute and forty second song. So yeah. I like it a lot. I think it's funny. Um, should we play it or no? What do you think? I mean, if you want to, I, I don't think it's. All right, let's not play it then. I mean, I there, got, there like, are two couple songs I want to play. 
There's two at least more, one other song I want to play. Yeah, two more songs I, w- I would rather play than, other than that one. Other, other okay. than that one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so just to kind of finish it up, yeah, my first punk song, really f- good song, fast song. It's not as like, I don't know, as goofy sounding as Circle Jerk Punk. Wait, Circle Jerk Pit? Yeah, Circle Jerk Pit off of Tom's solo record. But it's still kind of in the same vein. Just not this as is, cheesy as that. This is like this album's Happy Holidays, you bastard. Like this is... Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, kind yeah. of what this is like. I agree with you on that one, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's good, though. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, So then what... Oh, should we go... What's your 5B then? Oh, your 5B was... This is... Or, my 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 next B would be Tiny Voices. My next B, t- Tiny Voices. That's my six B. Okay, that's my eight B. So let's get into this. Tiny Voices is solid. Yeah, I love the riffage here. It's choppy. It's pop punky, and that chorus, just like yelling Tiny Voices. Tiny Voices. Fuck it, it's so stupid. That's so simple. That's so Tom DeLong though. That is so fucking yeah. Tom DeLong. The chick is behind the everybody will be let down. The let ch- down. Ch- 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 <laughs> dude, super loud and heavy. And the riff mm-hmm. in the bridge, dude, that is iconic Tom. That is the same thing we've heard a hundred times, a thousand times. Just one more time. <laughs> <Good> time. <laughs> I literally wrote that bit in my fucking notes like I'm a loser because because <laughs> as I was writing it, I thought it was so funny. But yeah, that is, dude, that is like Tom's, uh, that is what makes Tom, Tom. And that, that is why true. Tiny Voices is so goddamn good because Tom does, does that one thing, uh, but that is, that is Tom's, that is Tom's like, I don't know, that, that, that riffage, you know what I mean? That, that online song, yeah, that beginning yeah. part of online song, that is Tom. Like nobody else has, has ever done it like that ever and that never <laughs> will and tiny voices has that and i, I love it. it yeah definitely this is the the closest thing to toy page on the entire record it really is like the the, the guitar tones because like this is probably the would be compared to like the heaviest part of toy page which would have been the bridge in every time i look for you like this has all of that tone wise everything reminds me of the bridge of every time I look for you. Um, and I mean, what I put here too, I mean, in the chorus, everybody will be let down. It's, it's so simple. It's so catchy. And the whole chorus is beyond catchy. Tiny voices make things harder and then everybody will be let down. Short, simple, everybody sweet to the point. Let down. I was, I was surprised how fast you caught on to the, uh, the hundred times, a thousand times. <laughs> Come on, how can knock, we, I mean? Knock it I mean, wooden toes. Yeah, wooden toes. Thousand solid. times, just one more time, then we'll say good night. Wait, and then it goes into more like Tom, like riffage. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, I love singing that part of that Angels and Airwaves song too. Thousand times, just one more time, then we'll say. Nice. I think it's goodbye. I think then we'll say, say goodbye. goodbye. Maybe, Maybe it's good night. Yeah. Good night. I don't goodbye. know. Now I'm confused. It's good now something. Good day. Yeah, Maybe it's good day. Then we'll say good, good day. day. Good day, mate. Good day. That's what he says. Like Australians. It's good day, mate. Or New Zealand's, I guess. <sighs> the Kiwis. Um, okay. Should we play a little bit of uh, Tiny Voices? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do want to play this one. It's a good one. So here it is from uh, Angels and Airwaves. Thank you. 
There you go, Tiny Voices from Boxcar Racer. There's even the point in the song where where the music stops and I think somebody I think somebody says like they like whisper tiny voices. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so, it it's almost as dumb as the part in Down, you know. This can't be the end. This can't be the end. <laughs> It's almost as tiny voices. That's that self-entitled stuff right there. Yeah, yeah, that that part is. But there's so much toy page on this song too. Tiny voices. It's good. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic song. It's good stuff. Yeah. So um, I don't know. But I I I have one more B I would like to talk about, and then after that, I'm I'm good. I'm good to go. Okay, I mean, I have, I have one. I have a B that I really want to talk about. It's my five B, which what? we haven't touched upon yet. What is that? And watch the world. Is that a B? Where, where does that sit for you? Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> watch the world is not a B for me. It is an okay B. It's really? an okay song. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, the the drums in the song are very busy. I. I I understand that. And this is like the first instance, the real first real instance of, of Travis writing a drum part for a song rather than just, you know, playing to a beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like he really did that on self entitled, but this is like the first time I feel that you hear Travis like writing like a very significant, a very catchy drum part, complicated drum drum part to make it a part of the song rather than just a background thing. And I like that a lot. I think it's a really cool thing, but cheesy, but it's, I think it's really good. And there, there are part, there are parts of this song that I like. Like my favorite part is, is, is is that bass slide. I mean, it's, 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 Mm -hmm. it's just cool. I I always, I, everybody likes a bass slide. Bow, bow. This is Chris (laughs) D'Elia would bow would do. Like that's everybody, everybody likes that. God, that's so funny when he does it. That is that is that's my favorite part. So but um this is like an anthemic type of song for them. And there's a lot of synth sounds, there's a lot of weird like chime type shit here. And that's fine. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But it, it I don't know. It turns into one of the heaviest like things that Tom has done, which I like. Yeah, yeah. That bridge. That bridge yeah. is so fucking Dude, the heavy. Bridge part is so fucking loud. It's so aggressive. And it's like obviously contrasted with the quiet, cleaner chord strums. I dig it. I like that. I I like where it's headed. I like what it's doing. Um, but overall, I don't. I don't. There's nothing. I don't know that. Like that's me digging deep with this song on the surface level. I don't think there's anything here. Really? Nah, not really. I really want to play this. I, I want to play, play it because I fucking I play love the, fucking the track drum part and everything. So here's a uh, here's watch the world from uh, Boxcar Racer. the smoke
There you go. A bit of Watch the World from Boxcar Racer. I played it again a little bit longer because you had to get to that that, the heavy bridge. And it's so cool, man. Because it's not like a hook, you know? Yeah. It's it's a lot like There Is, where there's no real... I mean, not There Is. What am I trying to... What am I saying? It's very very post-hardcore. Like a lot of the very... Some of the coolest post-hardcore stuff don't follow like traditional... uh, I don't know, structures and then they're very mm-hmm. different and they're very heavy and they're very abstract. And, uh, that's what this does. That's what this album does, except that yeah, it adds yeah. melody. It's true, man. That's oh, dude. This song is unreal. I can't believe this is not a banger for you. I really, I don't, I don't get it. This was a close just, one. There were, there were two ones that I put slash that slash okays on. And that was this one in letters to God. was the other one that I put, um, as, or I should say slash bangers. Letters to God is a slash banger for me. It's crazy because like the the two I guess verses, they're it's the same. It's like the same melody, the same everything, just the lyrics are slightly different. And oh man, I I think this song is just it's perfection through and through. This song is perfection. It's it's that fucking good. This was your and your five B or your this is my five B my five B. This song is absolutely amazing. I I like the lyrics a lot too because. I never realized until this week how much 9-11 affected him and affected his viewpoint on the world and the government and, and just how things actually are. And it's crazy. And that's what the song is about. It, it's it's about the uncertainty of the future of not just the world, but his life and his family and his girlfriend. Or I mean, Jen was his girlfriend at the time. About what what's going to happen with them. Are they What's life going to be like in two, three years, 10 years, 15, 20 years, you know, to now? And it's that uncertainty, that anxiety, and and I, I like the song a lot lyrically, musically. I think it's an absolutely amazing song. The way it builds too, it's it's fantastic. It really is a fantastic song. I think like like with 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 nine eleven, what what came about with with this album is just an overall feeling of of I don't know, of like mortality of of just just feeling so uncertain about your own life and where you're headed. And, and yeah. I, I don't know, just just questioning like your own existence on this on this earth, and and this this song specifically I think is about, or it was I don't know it was about like like the world going through shit right, but Tom and like his significant other thought they will persevere, they will they will move forward, they will yeah. watch the world burn together, even though it sucks and even though it's hard, and that was um. That that's what I got, and, I, and given if that was true, like that's that's heavy shit. It really is. It's very heavy, and I feel like even the the chorus. I it's like it's almost like I, I don't even want to call it the chorus, but the last two stanzas, maybe you want to call them. You know, the, what he writes is, "If we can, we will leave a letter and this song for you, and we'll write once a day and float it through the sea to you. We'll regret all those things we thought of but didn't ever do." I feel like this is talking about either him dying and never and like trying to reach her from the afterlife or it's possibly him going to war because I mean, war was, it was on the horizon at this point, you know, six months after nine 11. I mean, we were going to war with Iraq and Afghanistan or Afghanistan at this point. So I think it's taken from both kind of viewpoints. Like he, he, he the lyrics are almost ambiguous on this, on this song as weird as it is, like you could take it so many different ways and 
I I think that that part of the song lyrically I think is really really good. It's, it's a um, it was it was a heavy part just like in our in our our like America's uh, the history because after yeah. after nine eleven happened there was there was serious talks of like the draft. There were serious yeah. talks. Oh, of, I was of, terrified. Like people being fucking drafted. Like f- the fucking yeah. draft. Like, are you kidding me? Like that's insane. Like people older than us. Like, like imagine us being. But we know. were close, though. I mean, we were what fifteen. We were very, we were very close. We were very fucking close to. Being, but we I mean, were, if, we if were close. Happened. We were close with people that were were like on the front lines of being drafted and stuff and 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 and, i mean a lot of our friends and stuff we knew people who eventually joined or whatever but being drafted is is so much different than joining it's 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 an involuntary thing that you now have no control over your life with regardless of how you feel about what you're fighting for and and after 9-11 happened there was a there was a there was a serious scare of like being drafted and and i think I think a lot of like the 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 uncertainty, the 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 scariness, the the feeling like 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 you're alone, but also that you're not in control. That that concept is all over this album, and I think that that like post hardcore thing is what, or that that melodic that that melodic like emo aspect is what this post hardcore album needed, and this post hardcore scene needed. Because post hardcore again is stemming from like the emo scene, the hardcore emo scene, and going into like a more aggressive, kind of choppy realm, but ditching the melody. Whereas yeah, yeah. Boxcar Racer is probably like the more we talk about it, the more I think Boxcar Racer is arguably like top three post hardcore albums of all time. I really do. <laughs> this relationship Same. of command and I don't know what else. <laughs> I really, I really do, and I this could this could stem from just being. Uh, biased based off of like age group but yeah no i, mean, I get it I, I i do understand but, but damn dude like like this that, how how 9-11 affected just our country this album tom everything it's uh it's here it's here it is here i i mean i i don't really think about it very often anymore because it's been fucking over 20 years now since it happened yeah. And we're so far but, away from it. Fuck, man. When when you when I really sit down and think about what it was like back then, it was really scary. We it were was very scary. We were like we were like we right were in the cusp in high school when it happened. Yeah, dude. We were we were like we were a little bit too young to fully understand like the gravity of it, but we were still old enough to to appreciate some of the nuance. Because really, mm-hmm. like like if we were seniors, it would have been way different. But we were freshmen, so we didn't yeah. really. Like I complained to my dad that we we're gonna be late for school. Like I was like, "Dude, let's go! Like we're gonna be fucking late. Come on!" And then I was yeah. mad that like every Fox, uh, Fox and CBS, everybody was playing nine eleven stuff instead of the the Friday night movies. Yeah, yeah, it's just we were we were a little bit too young, but we were also still old enough to understand like like I don't know the the meta aspect of it. Especially yeah. when we saw we had we literally had friends who disappeared. Remember yeah. We had, we know people we had friends who disappeared for a couple weeks for various yes, reasons for and then we, we and then had just showed we, up again <laughs> we had we had friends that were like literally taken into custody based off of you know the good old patriot act 
and yeah. say, hey, we are doing this for the greater good of the United States. Have you ever driven a bus? Have you ever like uh, done? Have you ever made a bomb? Have you ever done these things? We've had we've had people that that um, were questioned on on things based solely off of their race or their and, name, not even just their, their race, fucking but their name. name. Yeah, that it's, own it's own wild, businesses man. and had to close down businesses for for a day, two days, a week to to answer said questions and who have, who have, you know, been citizens for 15, 20 years, you know, I don't know. It's, it was, um, it was a tumultuous time. time. It was a tumultuous time for, for our country. And and we're still, we're still reeling from the effects, especially the Patriot Act. We're still reeling from these, from these effects of uh, not to get too political in this thing, but like, my God, the Patriot Act, that was like the biggest rape of, of American culture what, what in the an past infringement, yeah, fucking infringement 40, on, 50 fucking years. Like, come on. I know. Jesus fucking, fucking Christ. Christ. And, and I mean, yeah, I know compared to other things happening in the world at the time and even now, yeah, it's it seems insignificant, but it's still a huge, it was very impactful to everybody. I mean, here in the United States. <sighs> yeah. I don't want to get too political either, but but that's what that's what this album is. That's what this album this album is uncertainty. This album is uncertainty of whether or not I'm going to be alive, whether or not I'm going to be, whether or not like the world is going to be thrust into World War Three, whether or not America is going to be at the, at the helm of of concentration camps again, of of internment camps. Are we going to punish people that aren't like us? I, there's just so much uncertainty with this album, and that's that's what makes it so. I don't know, so so weird, so unsettling. There's just, uh, like I don't feel good when I listen to this album. I feel mm-hmm. just I feel bizarre. I feel weird, but I feel like you know I feel something. I feel something. You just feel so mad. I know. I feel so mad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's. Uh, so what else do you want to talk about? I think there's one other song you wanted to talk about, right? No, that was it. No, 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 no. no. There was one other song, right? Was it? Was it? Um, Tim Armstrong song? No, I don't want to sing. I don't want to talk about that one. <laughs> That's a good song, man. I wish. Okay, so okay, we'll talk about it then. All right. So, so um, Cat Like Thief. This one's got Tim mm-hmm. Armstrong and, and Jordan Pundick from uh, NFG Newfound Glory. Yes. I wish. I fucking wish. You had wish. Tim Armstrong done the first verse and then just disappeared, and then Jordan did that. The other verse that Tim did. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that would have been solid. I would have loved that. But like that would have been really cool. Why? Why say Jordan is on this out al- or on this song when you can't even fucking hear him? He's background vocals, and like, can you At pinpoint? Best. Can you pinpoint when he's background <laughs> vocals? No, I. I you mean you no. would never know unless you read never it, know. That he was of course on. not. So I. It's just it's a vocal collab at best, and I. I just. It's just dumb. Which is fine. I, it's a very kind of like slow kind of takes its time it just i i think it's a really good song i don't think it's a bad song at all i i think this is a i think this is the worst song on the album the the don't really? leave her part yeah the the don't leave her part that's that's oh, that, that's like because it's fucking angels and airwaves that is an <laughs> angels and airwaves sound that's <laughs> why you like that? it what's wrong with that it's annoying it's tom delong this is his fucking yeah movie. it's fucking annoying dude i just it's it's uneventful it, this is just an angels and airway droning verb song i don't i'm over it i don't <laughs> like it <laughs> well it's my 7b i mean we're not gonna play it <laughs> and i and i did put the chorus is very AVA wooden toe sounding. I really did put that. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> and 
And then I even put Tim does sound dumb in the chorus saying don't leave her, but I still really like it. <laughs> Honestly, if Jordan just had his own verse, I would have I would have been super happy. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, all, but it is kind of all cool systems too. go. What? All yeah, systems no, go. I don't want to talk. That's just dumb song. All systems go. That's my seven oh, B. All right, let's get into that. That's the last one I would like to talk about. This one's cool because it goes from like a boxcar racer sound to something that is catchy and pop punky enough to be on Toy Page. And I love the way mm-hmm. the bass comes in. It's mid riffage, a little offset, and uh, it's a good song. The middle, the middle bridge, that part is fucking solid. I like Travis's little stops. He slams yeah. that hi hat and immediately closes it like. Yeah, it is choppy. It's fucking sounds fantastic. Travis is on his game here. This is yeah, a this yeah. is a this, this is a good bridge between Enema and Self Entitled, because Toy Page it was it was it was you know it was a little wishy washy at points, but like <laughs> Enema was I can't even listen to that album anymore because of Travis, Travis, and Self Entitled Travis like <laughs> murders it. So this is this is a good middle ground between the two. Yeah, yeah. This was uh so like I said at the beginning, I feel so was the first thing I heard. And, and I uh, do, I'm talking like him. I have the Poway accent. feels so mad. Fuck. May- maybe, maybe Skip is going to think that we actually all sound like this. Do you, do you, like, do you all Americans not say mad? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got it. Uh, uh. So fucking. That's annoying. right. Um, <laughs> but I, the fir- I remember, so I bought the CD and this song came on and I turned it off. I remember I turned the CD off because the way he, the way Tom draws out those notes I left the wait what wait what are the lyrics I left the fear behind me or no I left my fear behind me that the me at the end he draws it out that was the first time ever that he had drawn out a note to that extent like this is this is this is what is it like this is like the beta version of wooden toe this is the beta version of angels and airwaves because he had never drawn out notes like that before except until this song and I remember I fucking hated it <laughs> fucking hated it so i turned off the cd i did not listen to it and then and then eventually i'm like oh, i'll give it another chance and then after i i forgot past this song then i realized okay the album's actually really good this song's kind of obnoxious but over the years this has become i mean this week this is my 6b all systems go this is my 6b oh. but i mean yeah that like like you said the those awesome drum parts by travis they're they're so they're so crisp they're so nice sounding love it the bridge though is very angels in our way of sounding as well kind of unnecessary but very ava sounding which is cool it's very cool but yeah if you like angels and airwaves i guess you like angels and airwaves what are you talking yeah. about yeah. oh my god you're like so so annoying uh, do you want do you want to play it or do you want to get into the lyrics what do you want to do well, um i mean i don't know Okay, then we'll just talk about the lyrics. And then do you want to wrap it up? Because this is the last song you want to talk Actually, about. Actually, we only have... So, like, literally, we only have two other songs to talk about. What, Letters to God and Sorrow? Right? Yeah, that's it. No shit. Oh, you're right, huh? <laughs> let's just, no, right. let's let's not play it. Let's just kill those two songs because this is... We rarely talk about every single song. We usually just kind of yeah, let's do brush it. over Okay, it. so so let's get into... Let's just go in order. So, Letters to God. This is my 12B. What is this for you? Well, I'm still reading out this one. God damn, going way too well, fast. It's taking here. forever, but that's fine. Uh, I feel, I feel like my God, mouse, what? my mouse, when I when I mm-hmm. scroll down on the wheel, it should be going down, but it goes up. 
That's weird. Oh, to you me. Just, I think in the in the settings you can uh, reverse it. You can make it so it's uh, in, like inversed or whatever. Oh, do you we'll have it? Okay. So letters no, of God. When, when, it, when I when I move up, it goes down, and when I go move down on the on the scroll reel on the wheel, it goes up. I like that, it that way. That's how that I makes more it. sense. Yeah, that's how. That's what yeah. I think I would like to. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, letters to God. What do you letters got? to God. This is this is another one that I thought was a B slash okay song because, dude, Tom can do acoustic jams well. He really can. It, when he tries, when he when he puts a melody together, he can do acoustic jams well. We've heard him do it with Blink. We've heard him do it with Boxcar Racer. We know yeah. he can do it. We've heard him do it with the, with the fucking Angels and Airwaves. This this is not <laughs> one of them. This is not one of them. It's not terrible. But it's just there's nothing about this. It's not endearing enough, or it's not melodic enough, and it just it kind of sucks because the hard part of this song, of, of this one, is it's just I don't know. It's a good song. It's really really good. I really I really don't like. I don't want to sit through the fucking shitty acoustic part to get to the really hard part to the end, and that's <laughs> what when bothers it, when me it, the most. When it hits halfway through, when that heavy part hits halfway through, it hits really hard. After three minutes of immediate <laughs> of a very very mediocre acoustic part. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's that's the I, problem. I don't want to say. It's, yeah, it's not forgettable, but in the context of this record, it's so mediocre. It's, it's, it's kind of weak. Yeah, it's kind of a weak song. That's why it's my twelve B. Dude, coming off and I, you know what I mean? Like like we've already yeah. heard. I feel so. And then, if if we know what the album sequencing is, there is is coming later on. It's just, mm. it's just not a good acoustic song, and we've already heard I mean, him do, for mm. the for la- better for worse. I don't know if they released at the same time or before they did this one, but like the acoustic parts of Toy Page, right? Like we already mm. knew they released for the CD versions of the acoustic versions of Toy Badge or the acoustic songs on Toy Badge, the hidden songs, secret yeah, songs. What went wrong? What went wrong? Yeah. Those are That's fantastic acoustic song. renditions of songs that Tom had done. Yeah. Letters of God is not one of them. I would agree. I, I, would, I would definitely agree, especially coming off of the best song on the record, And I, and then you get into this, and then you jump into my first punk song. It's just, you know, pop melody to acoustic to the fastest song on the record. It's weird sequencing. Very weird sequencing. But whatever. It's it's a fine song. I, I don't have I don't go back I only listen to the song in the context of the record. If I'm if I listen to this record from front to back, that's the only time I'm gonna listen to it. I'm not gonna playlist it. But it's still a banger. It's still a banger. But my twelve B. All right, so we got we got anything else on this? Do you want to talk about lyrics? I don't know. What do you want to do? No, I just we have one more song. This is this is bang okay. out the one song. Bang out sorry. Call it a night. Come on. So so what do you got? What where does this sit for you, banger wise? Sorrow. Yeah. Uh, it's not a banger. Okay, this, this is my eleven B. So this is an okay song. That that that's so like okay. So that guitar riff is a subconscious stay together for the kids kind of guitar riff. Like he still had. Tom still had that riff in his mind and wrote this one because there's a little bit of that, of that, of that, there's a little bit of that there. It's there. Yeah, yeah. And I can hear it. Um, overall, it's fine. This is just another wooden toe kind of song. And it's, um, <laughs> eh. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, kind of what I put here, the, the guitar is pretty much run of the mill for the album. It doesn't really do a whole lot. The groove, it's more groove based and just with really heavy drums, especially at the end. 
I mean, it's just that that simple beat that Travis does, and it's just him playing for like the last what twenty seconds of the song, and that that's kind of cool. It's a it's a cool way to kind of end it. Different, that's for sure. Um, but this is just another one of the songs too, where it's you know very quiet verse to very loud chorus, and they've they've done that a lot on this record. But this is kind. If we're gonna say a song is filler, this is kind of a filler song. Um, even the bridge, there's no need for the bridge. I think it's only there to make the song longer for whatever reason. There's, it's just, it does nothing for me, but it's still, it's still good. I have no issues listening to the song. I still enjoy myself, but just in the context of the entire record, it's not the best. No, so that's not, what I got on that one. It's not even top fucking seven. Not even best. top 10, Eight, not even top nine, 10. 10 maybe. Yeah, sure. This is, this is my it. 11 B man. This is okay. my 11 B. So, yeah, that's that's all we got. I mean, we talked about all the songs. There are a couple songs that they, they did play live. We're not going to play them, but we'll just touch upon it real quick. Uh, one of them was called Come Dance With Me. Uh, they Like I said, they only played it live. It was a cool song, but, I mean, maybe it's just because I don't have the nostalgia for it. I It was whatever. Yeah, it was whatever. And then they also did a cover of a Barry Manilow song called Mandy, um, which was fine. Cool. If you're not, if if it's not the me first and the gimme gimme version, I don't care. <laughs> you up. don't care, yeah. No, but but I am very interested in hearing someday. I'm sure they'll release it. Um, a new song that was recorded that was never heard before. And remember they were te- remember Travis and Tom were teasing it like right after COVID hit. Yeah, like the summer after COVID, like it, summer yeah. of 2020. Yeah. So hopefully we'll hear that song, that unreleased song. That'd be fucking cool. Be super rad. Because what this album came out in two thousand two, so we're hitting, we're hitting the twentieth anniversary. Yes. So this we're hitting year, twentieth anniversary in May, right? Well, this album came out in May. Let me see. Yeah, May twenty first, May twenty first, twenty of uh, two thousand two. Twenty so fucking there. years ago. That's crazy. Yeah, that's fucking. Nuts. Oh, that's why we did this album this week. Because remember last week? Because remember last week we were looking at oh what what's it like a an album that's turning twenty years old this year. And sure as shit, this is one of them. We're like, oh, this will be easy because I was going out. Because remember, we were going to do this while I was in Arizona. So we went with something easy. But then we ended up not potting when I was there. <laughs> so that was the, really the only reason why we did this record. <laughs> not the only reason, but one yeah. of the reasons. Anyway, uh, you know, just, I mean, background on the album, too. We, I mean, we talked about Jerry Finn. Um, the artwork, the artwork's whatever. I don't, I've never really cared for it, but it was created by some couple guys named keegan gibbs and max gramajo i don't know who they are there's not a ton of information on them but yeah, i don't know and then anthony celestino played played bass on tour with them but I don't know, he was in that that did you watch that documentary or anything like that no that, like, you you wrote doc. documentary on there and i, I chose not like, to watch it it was like 15 minutes and like probably half of it was you know live footage mixed with like kind of behind the scenes of there is and the i feel so video there really wasn't much there but anthony was on that video a lot talking about it so i don't know whatever that's all i got on background so let's uh let's wrap it up let's give our final thoughts and uh and then give our rating of the album so we have a our world famous rating system where three is a perfect album two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to one is a bad album but give it a shot and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. A trash fire, some might say. Trash fire. So what uh, what are your final thoughts and your rating? Go. 
I mean, you can't you can't get wrong with Tom. I I I'm a Markman over Tommen for sure. But I, I I do like. Uh, are we? Is this your final wrap up or is my 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 Rekka wrap up? I don't I don't understand. All right, Rekka. All right, Rekka. Here we go. Okay. Right. Well, because if it's my turn to talk, then you, you like, just keep quiet and listen to what I have to say. So I I'm more of a Markman than a Tommen, and um, I will say that if I mean, <laughs> even though it's not fair, even though it's nobody even asked for it, I mean, plus forty four is better than this. But um, yeah, but I I this album through and through is is good. At times, is great. It's not like perfect by any means, given the album itself, right? Like, if it's just give me this album by itself. It's not perfect. I'm not I'm not super into like the post hardcore scene. There are a lot of bands that I like in the post hardcore scene. We still have not gotten to Fugazi. Which I guess yeah, would I would be like, if I'm going to rate this album based on the post hardcore scene, people like Fugazi fans would be like, "You never fucking heard Fugazi! I can't believe you would rate this." So, <laughs> based off of off of what I know about post hardcore, and what I think post hardcore lacks, and what I think post hardcore does right, this album is is damn near perfect. Because again, I think post hardcore has a lot of things that they take from a lot of different genres to make kind of their own, to make a little, a little eclectic kind of ragtag group of, of, of sounds. But mm-hmm. overall, what I think post hardcore kind of lacks and what just humans in general gravitate towards is melody. And, and Tom DeLonge is just like the fucking guy is no, no stranger to melody. The butthole mm-hmm. just writes melodies constantly. He sits at church and writes fucking melodies. He takes takes church hymns probably and rewrites them and makes them really fun and exciting. <laughs> so so in like the in like the post hardcore realm, I'd say this is a goddamn near perfect record, if not a perfect record, really. Ooh. And Ooh. and again, this is coming from a person who's not listened to Fugazi. Okay, a bunch of fucking butt munchers. So <laughs> I will I will say that in like a, a post hardcore realm, this is this is this is a three. This is a three out of three. I can't but, believe you gave this a perfect. But. But in 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 a more macro level, for just go, like expand out a little bit, twist the microscope to the left, expand out. Um, <sighs> this is not a perfect record. There's a lot of songs okay. in here that I that I don't think are perfect. There's so a lot you're of, pulling a Justin here. That's what you're doing. A little bit, yeah. With, with the <laughs> of the state status, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what you do. Yes. <laughs> Because I, I think I do need, now I understand. Now I understand the wisdom of, 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 of the Mingus. I do understand the wisdom. I, I, I need to give credit where credit is due, but then I also need to uh, uh, pe- uh, put it down to peg because it's not a perfect album. There's a lot of songs I hear that are just, that are just not that great, that are just done better by other bands, by the fucking same writer, to be honest, in a different band. So yeah, yeah, so so given that, um, I'd I'd still probably give this at lowest a two point six, two point six. That's all. That's that's too low. Yeah, two point six is probably where I would go, and that is just because the bangers are such heavy bangers that they they overshadow the the okay songs because there's no stinkers on this whatsoever. Not even close to being stinkers. All right, so you gave it a a low two point six. That's fine. You pulled a Justin on this one. You gave it a two point six. I did. I did. I did pull a Justin on this one. But in the context of the genre, you gave it a perfect three out of three. 
I had to give credit where credit is due. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. My final thoughts. I I agree with you. I think this is this is a great a great post hardcore record. Uh, I mean, when you throw it up there with some of the greats of you know at the drive in of refused and and things like that. I mean, it it really sits sits up there with it. I I really really think it does. Yeah, it's it's more polished than those two records, uh, but that's fine. It's totally okay. It it what it represents, I think, is really really cool and. I think what Tom was doing lyrically was very more. It was it was very more mature than what he was ever did with Blink prior, and and I think that's awesome. I really think it it's cool, and I understand why he he did this as a side project rather than Blink because Blink was its own universe. It was its own. You can't you can't do something like this at Blink with Blink at the time, and then when they did do it, luckily they got away with it with the self entitled which was remarkable that that record even blew up as much as it did because it shouldn't have. It really should not have in the context no. of the, the scene. It makes no fucking sense. But uh, every song on here, I there's no stinkers. I think every song is a banger. Um, but I, I mean, I can't give this a perfect score. I, I really can't wow. because songs like Letters to God, yeah, it's, it's a great song, but I don't playlist it. Instrumental, I don't playlist it. Like in the context of the record, I think it's great, but I don't do it. So with that, I'm gonna have to give this a two point eight. A two point eight out of three. It's not it's not quite perfect. It's almost there. I mean when the songs hit, they hit really fucking hard. Like like I said, and I, there is. Um, watch the world. I feel so I mean, so many absolute fucking bangers. So there you go, yeah. Two point eight for me. Uh, a 2.6 for you. Not bad, really. For something that was supposed to be like I'm a throwaway project. Fucking surprised you didn't give it a three, honestly. Well, no, I mean, I mean, you you made a good point earlier, too. I mean, it's not as good as the Plus 44 record. I totally agree with you. It is not as good as that. The Plus 44 record is on another level of greatness. Just like genre, Wooden Toe is. But like genre-defining records, Plus 44 is not as good as this record. Correct, correct. You know what I mean? Like it's a give yeah. and take. Like they're both good in their own individual aspects. Yeah, so. I, I I agree, but I'm not I'm not pulling a Justin here. I'm not saying like that's, what was most significant. But that's like know? that's what's because so good g- about Mark and Tom. It's like just oh my god, his plus forty four record as a individual record is better than this. But like as a genre defining, as a genre specific record, this is better than plus forty four. Uh, that's oil yeah, and water, guess, baby. That's yeah. yin and yang. I, I know, I know, I know. It's Kobe and Shaq. <sighs> come on. What you, what you, come on. Hello. It's the greatest. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Man, Kobe and Shaq, that was that was some amazing shit. Showtime. <laughs> Showtime was way before that. Come on, man. Oh, shit. What happened? The music stopped. Okay, here we go. All right. So uh, we, we got anything else on, on Boxcar Racer? That's all. What do you think? We put it to bed. We finally put it to bed in the new format. Uh, thank you all for listening to the podcast. Keep listening. Tell all your friends and family. You know, go to the normal Spotify, Apple Music, or not Apple, Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars, all that good stuff. Stay tuned for the next episode because it's going to be a big one. We're going to get into Pink Floyd. Spoilers, Pink Oof. Floyd. We've already started. It's tough, kind of. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, that's it. That's all. Tampoco. Pretty
feel so mad. This is my this is my four B actually elevator. Damn, <laughs> that's so low. Your fucking one no, B is probably cat like thief because you're such a cuck. It's cat like thief, isn't it? <laughs> it's not cat like thief. Oh god. As I'm changing my notes. No, but it, it's really not cat like thief. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel so mad. <laughs> This is, this is my 4B. This is, this is my 4B. Oh, you're such a cuck, man. You're the biggest cuck I've ever known. Oh, you're the worst. You're the worst. I feel so mad. I'm tired. This game's so dumb. She never played. That I feel you so... Really, you really dug into the, 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 the thesaurus tonight. Yeah. Chia. I believe... We're throwing her... Tom, that is the same thing we've heard a hundred times, a thousand times, just one more time. <laughs> <Good> time. <laughs> I literally wrote that bit in my fucking notes like I'm a loser because because <laughs> as I was writing it, I thought it was so funny. But yeah, that is, dude, that is like Tom's, uh, that is what makes Tom, Tom. 